Give us a countdown. A hundred, ninety-nine, ninety-eight, ninety-seven, All right, six, I will do the intro, five, four. Alright, it is March 2nd. Hello, this is Louder Than Podcast. We are here with Taylor, who's playing Overwatch. Yep. <laughs> I can't take credit for these, uh, these widow shots. Uh, we are joined by Chris and Eric. Hello. Hello. And, you know... Other Chris, me. I guess uh, other Chris is whoever's doing the intro named Chris. That's kind of our pattern. Mm. Anyway. Um, Give yourself top villain. Come on. No. no EB top villain. The, the douchebag who sits at his desk and yells about video games. Uh, yeah, that's like nobody that's else here. MO, isn't it? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Eric, just, just agree with me. Sure, let's go with that. All right, yeah, you're a douchebag. His audio anyway. might be drowned out because we're currently sleeting sideways. Yep. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we know, have a horrible storm going on right now. So That's if, why I picked really gentle jazz music for the background. I'm doing cool. It's, it's good rainy day music, even if the rain is sideways and, you know, toppling telephone poles. Yeah, we already have construction vehicles going through to try and push nature out of the way. So that's fine. <laughs> Take that, nature, you loser. Yep. Oh, so okay. I said I wanted to start the podcast with uh with that story. We you were talking about a million ways to die in the West. When Taylor and I went to see it, we uh we GPS the wrong theater in her. There were like two in her town. Both were um like uh they were both Regal Cinemas or one of the you know the big ones. So I accidentally didn't tell her which street name I was GPSing. So we went to the wrong one, and I'm like, okay, whatever. We can make it, you know, there'll, there'll be trailers. Maybe we'll miss the first five minutes. We'll just go across town. So we go to the other one, and I had the most hilarious but annoying exchange with the guy behind the counter. I go up, and I'm like, hey, we're a little late. We went to the wrong theater. Can we get two tickets for, you know, Millie West in the West? Whatever the time showing was that, you know, we were starting. And he's like, oh, well, that one already started. I said, I know. We're late. Can I just, you know, we, we, we just want to get in before, you know, before we miss anything substantial. It's like, yeah, but it already started. You already missed up. I'm like, I know. And every minute I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm missing more of the movie. Two tickets, please. And he gave me that look like, that's a very good point. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've, I've never had like that. Well, because I'm usually not late for movies, but I just thought that was so funny that he didn't realize like, if I'm sitting here asking you for the tickets, you sitting there telling me I'm late is making me later for the fucking movie. A billion ways to kill your viewing experience in the West. Yep. Also knows a lot in the podcast. Mm, so, let's sure. talk about our subject, subjects today. Yeah. When do you guys start? Uh, let's talk about, um, let's start with the big one. Trump talking to the game industry, or something yeah. along the line of that. That is, um... I don't think anything's going to come out of it, to be honest, but... I'm trying to figure out who he's actually talking to, because, like, the ESA offered a statement that they have not received any contact, nor any of their affiliates. <laughs> he's talking to like, EA. <laughs> he dropped the S. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, there's uh, a dollar sign hidden in EA. He thought it was just ESA accidentally. <laughs> whoops. But, for real, like, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Or, like, anything will come out of it. I think it'll be as big a problem as Jack Thompson. It's just going to be a big media stink. Yep. And we all know what happened to him. Yeah, he faded into obscurity and is now compared to Anita Sarkeesian. And he lost his uh, lawyer license, didn't he? Right? Wait, who did? I'm... Jack Thompson. Wait, I know that. He's the guy who, wasn't he the guy who's like... are murder simulators. And um, Mario promoted the murder of animals or something like that. I thought that was Accurate. PETA. That's also PETA. Yeah. I mean, it's like PETA being late to the party with Pokemon Black and Blue, and those are actual editions of the game, so. <laughs> those are fun. Yep. Have you actually ever played those? Uh, I watched a Let's Play of it, but I didn't play it myself. I played it for a I'm sorry, like... I quietly stepped away from the computer. Are we talking about Jack Thompson? We were talking about Pokemon Black and Blue, but yes, Jack Thompson. <laughs> uh, but we're just saying, like, how Trump talking to the game industry kind of feels like the same situation where. It might be, like, a small news story, but no one really cares, and it's not going to do anything. I don't think he has the ability to do much damage, but he's ignorant enough on the subject matter to at least 
annoy people for a good long time. Like, I'm going to run potential damage control and say this is not a political podcast. It's just related to games. 100%, yes. So, I just want to point that out. I, I have no... Fair and balanced? What? You want me to insult Hillary Clinton too? Make it fair and balanced? <laughs> She's old. Okay, so I think I think we can all agree we can shit on like a thing that is related to the podcast without making it about a political policy. It's just stupid that any politician, whether you agree with them or not, is going after this. In yeah, opinion. the only important thing is that we save the bees. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I I I think one of the silliest. It, you know, parts of the statement was from the minimal uh, bit that I read about it was the way that he said he wanted to meet with, quote, the games industry. I mean, that's like saying you want to meet with the auto industry. Like, what are you going to talk to Toyota, Ford, <laughs> Honda? Like, which one? The, the industry isn't one company. Yeah, he clearly needs to talk to some companies. He's going to so, talk to somebody, though. I mean, he was talking about how there needs to be a rating systems for games and movies. Is like, Okay, the ESRB has existed ever since Jack Thompson, and movies have had ratings for longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, it's it, it's one thing to make a statement and address the gaming industry because then it's hey, if you're listening to this and y- you apply, then pay attention. But like, meeting with the games industry is like you. What are you going to get like every indie developer ever in the room? Yeah, and also <laughs> legislation is being bandied around right now. I mean, this is more loot boxes than it is for the violent video game stuff. But Chris Sleep introduced four bills into the Hawaiian state this uh, past. Really? Yeah, it was in February. It's like four bills were introduced. I don't know if they've been passed yet, but basically they prohibit the sales of games that include optional randomized transactions to people under the age of twenty-one. Well, I think the important uh, the important thing to note here isn't that, or, or rather, is that. Um, there's that separation though of how are we marketing the games to people how are we you know how are we doing business versus the content in the business do you you get what i'm saying yeah i mean we're not full-blown joe camel yet it's just like we're talking what was it i forget which state it was i think it was rhode island that was talking about possibly instating a violent video game tax and they didn't offer any details on, like, the age ratings or, like, the content that would merit it, but they would want to introduce an additional, like, surcharge on top of those game prices. That's, See, like, like, all the games, though. <laughs> at that yeah. point, that is almost a form of censorship because it's using tactics to discourage people from um, consuming a certain kind of content. I'm not entirely on board with you on that one, just because, like, you look at current game retailers or just stores that sell games, and they don't stock anything with an AO rating on it, and it's arguably because they don't have a section designated for it that they can enforce, like, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like in old video stores where they would basically have that porn section that wasn't a porn section, it was just behind a curtain. Well, there's, there's the difference, though, between a company deciding they don't want to be involved and there being a governmental tax yeah but it's not like they're talking about making it prohibitively expensive like we're not going to australia prices on violent video games but we but are anything to- like why why would I, why should i have to pay more if i play mario games and enjoy mario games which i do and they're you, you know the the easily most family recognizable you know wholesome brand even if you you know, are jumping on things. But you violently assault them. animals and have... Yeah, that's the thing. If you really want to go out there, the Italians. Italians. <laughs> but, like, other than that, it's family-friendly, it's wholesome, whatever. If I play that, and I want to go out and pick out, pick up the newest Mortal Kombat game, why should I be, you know, why should business be any different on a governmental level of, oh, well, you want to consume this content, it's violent, so pay up. Like, no, I'm buying a video game. The retailer prices it. The um, the manufacturer can have their MSRP, whatever. That's all private. That's their decisions. But for the government to tell me, if you want violence in your video games, you got to pay up for it, when that has nothing to do with the cost of a game. Okay, I think I see where you're coming from now. It's like, yeah, like, like market by all means, like, you can, you can not stock a violent video game if you want to. 
because that's your choice as a private retailer. The government is not running you. But when my country is telling me you should be monetarily punished for wanting content that is more violent, that's wrong to me. No, I agree. Like, Does this remind anybody else of Hatred when it came out recently? Or recently, like a couple years ago. Which one was that? Oh, yeah, I Hatred remember that one. It was a really, really shooter. bad twin-stick shooter. And you're yeah, like, like, oh, the we game won't be only ed sold edgy. Yeah, the game only sold off of controversy. The only other interesting thing about it was the lighting system. Nothing else could do it. Yeah. But the thing is that retailers were refusing to stock it based on not the content because they actually had more violent and sadistic content on Twitch, but because of the themes and how it was... It wasn't meant to be cathartic in the sense of like a postal, but it was just meant to be, well, as the name states, hate. And yeah. people were lambasting it just on that. And, and I, I really believe that like you have every right to make a game like that. It just doesn't necessarily mean people are going to like it. I thought it was overtly edgy. It, it didn't look like it was even a fun game, like mechanically. Um, but I defend to the death their right to make it and, you know, not be governmentally shut down or discouraged in any way. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll give my little, my sob story on video games being violent. Um, <laughs> instead of being told, oh, you're not allowed to see this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, or, or you know, potentially worse, just being given a free pass to play whatever games I wanted. I was fortunate I grew up in a house where my parents understood video games. My mom and my dad both played them, especially my dad. Um, and that's where I got into the hobby. That being said, uh, my dad and I were talking one day, like, I, I, you know, I must have been like a few years old. The PS1 was coming out and he's like, oh, should we get this? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And he saw Resident Evil and he, he was a big like zombie movie fan, like George Romero and stuff. He's like, oh my God, like, you know, we have to get this game. So he gets it and he plays it without me, sees what it's about because he sees that, okay, it's violent. Like, I'm not just going to throw that into the mix here for my kid. So he's like, okay, I know how to handle this. He's like, Chris, like, you know, do you want to watch it? He, you know, he gave me the chance. He didn't like just plot me in front of something that would have scared me or something. I was like, no, I want to see it. It's cool. I was a little scared of it, but I wanted to see what it was all about. So oh. puts me in front of it and he goes, okay, watch this. He draws the gun and splatters a zombie's head. And I went, oh, what? And he goes, yeah, in real life, they don't come back. You don't play with guns. Like it was more, it was, you know, better worded than that. But pretty much he taught me a valuable life lesson. And from then on, I knew, okay, video games are fake. Whatever happens in video games is fake. That's fine. You are not to recreate that as if it's an intelligent life decision to, you know, whatever. Like, to try and jump off a cliff because Mario can survive the fall or try and go through a loop-the-loop because -loop Sonic won't be hurt, you know? See, like, the thing, I can see, the thing I can see someone trying is, like, maybe jumping off a building, trying to land into a bush of hay, like in Assassin's Creed. Right. But like, and of course, I mean, as you get older, you you if you're a science-minded person, you can do the math and say, "Oh, I wonder if this fall would kill me," and that's how you get stunt people. But um, and like, oh yeah, very error of like, we don't have to warn people not to try this in real life because it's already so absurd. Like, people well, are not willing to just embrace absurdity. Well, yeah, you know, we got the whole typod thing happening, so. I think that's out the window. And, and that's that's kind of the two sides of the same coin to me. We're saying like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Tide is running all this damage control and shit. And it's like, why should video game creators or, you know, fucking detergent manufacturers? <laughs> like, you're like, I, I'm, I'm not even saying like the, the standard like, oh, where are the parents? The parents suck. But like, to an extent... That that is what I'm thinking because my parents. I'm I'm fortunate. I'm completely completely blessed to have had parents who paid attention. You know, they're human like anyone else. Nobody's perfect, but they they saw okay, our son's going to be exposed to these things, and you know we should teach him that 
fiction is fiction. And I was fortunate that I grew up understanding you can enjoy movies and television. And they didn't just throw me, like I said, in front of anything. They watched what I was watching. They were careful with what I was playing, seeing on TV, but they at least made sure I understood, Chris, if you do see it, like it's just a game, just TV, whatever. Life is different. People make art for artistic reasons. It's not always meant to teach you how you should behave in the real world. Um, this is a little off topic, but back to no, Resident no, Evil. Um, how you got that lesson from Resident Evil? My because uh, I actually was exposed to Resident Evil really early on to I think the second game, and my first memory of that is wow, I'm just gonna be terrified of zombies for like the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I was like nope, 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 and for like the next like ten years, I was like the only horror movie monster I could be afraid of was like a zombie. Did you uh did you develop a fear of dogs while you were at it? No, dogs were pretty cool. <laughs> Only when they jump through windows spontaneously. Yeah. Yeah. I love dogs, but I mean, if one jumped through a window at me unprovoked, I'd be uh perturbed to say the I least. I love how something as simple as a dog jumping through a window is now a specific reference that other games are stealing. Yeah. It's like I remember in Bloodborne, it's like I forget the name of the stage, but literally they have one of these like lichen type feral Oh yeah. People. Jumping through a church window. Oh my god! I didn't get that far in Bloodborne. I need to. I need to keep an eye out for that. I, mean, I haven't played it, but I've been watching uh, Northern play it, and he's actually not bad at it, surprisingly. But he's been playing Into the Breach, and my god, it's painful. I, uh, I, I think I recall him actually being pretty decent at the the Soulsborne games. Yeah, he's not bad. I Way mean, better than I would ever be. So that's saying something. Yeah. I remember uh, my first time playing one of those games. I made the most defigured character ever. I think it was at Chris's house. I named him Flubber. Yeah. Old and Greg. Old Greg, yes. I named him Old Greg. I was running around naked. Oh, God. And using no weapons. Challenge mode, you know, and such. It went well. I died. Horribly. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I have to prove I'm manly and such. Anyway. Oh, yeah, no. Eric, <laughs> you got to... a lot to prove, my guy. Yeah. If we all hang out together sometime, we can try and bat it around. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, just to try and steer us back on topic. Yes. I like segues. No, go on. So, is there anything that we think is actually going to come up from this talk of, like, I mean, meeting I, with the government? I always take it seriously, like it could possibly happen. Um, but, you know, we've also fought it off before. The thing is, it was brought up in a time when people were more like, eh, whatever, just, you know, raise your kids and don't be a wimp. Which, yeah, there, there's parts here and there that I do and don't, you know, agree with. But my point is that sensitivity is at a, a, a bit of a spike recently. So I'm afraid that people will be looking for any excuse to blame something. Especially, you know, with the with, with tragedies like shootings and murders and things like that at uh, you know, in the news a lot recently, and I mean, you know, so a lot of it, you know, it always happens. You hear about, you know, burglaries and armed robberies and things like that that you see on like the morning news. It, it's it's that you know there is truth to it being that we're more connected now. You can get news from anywhere in the world at the drop of a hat because of not just the internet but the application of it through you know phone apps and message boards and you know people are sharing things at a high rate so there may be a perception that the world is more violent or less violent or whatever than other years and that could affect how this goes yeah see that's how i look at it it's like um i think the world's just as bad as it always been it's just that we kind of just know more about it yeah, there's no regular updates on things have gone gone well today. Everything is pleasant. This market worked entirely well. Yeah, no, it's always just we hear about the outliers and the out negative scenarios. And plus, and you it's, know, st don't get me wrong, it's still stuff that we should deal with, but it's you know it's a little far reaching for me to blame. Like, oh look, violent video games and movies are making our children like fucking psychos. With the amount of fucking tickets that the Saw movies have pushed the world would be full of serial killers right now at far, far greater rates than it already is. Yeah, like, people are making it out to be this grand revelation that media impacts people. No shit, that's the function. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's that's not the media's like fault that or the media in question you know whether it be video games or certain movies if somebody can't distinguish fiction from reality to the point where they take it as some kind of manifesto or call to arms that is not the creator's fault yeah, it's well, the basic psychology problem. of the matter we don't just we don't pass by media we consume it it has lingering yes. impacts on us and people are acting like there is this tremendous impact of new age media that's doing it before it was video games it was violent movies before it was violent movies it was rock and roll actually it was, rap. it was metal and it's like you never hear anything about how these serial killers their favorite pastime is reading it's like we have to get them damn books out of the library those are murder factories you never hear that <laughs> that's the other thing some of the books i mean i i don't think it's a problem but i think it's ironic that for all this yelling and screaming that people are doing about media the thing right under their noses in their children's schools are some of the most fucked up stories that they're being taught in literature classes. Oh, you know, but it, it, it's true, so, okay. Well, no, no not, not even that. That's a good point, though. Yes, we're teaching them about, like, fucked up people in history, which, again, we should be teaching. But, again, we're guiding them. So when you're teaching a fucked up book, like, uh, y you know, even something like Romeo and Juliet, it's a pretty bad message. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, teen suicide. Oh, we can't be together because our families don't like each other? Might as well kill ourselves. Like, that's not... That's yeah, you get teachers good. who butcher shit so badly, it's like they can't distinguish between a romance and a tragedy. Right. Like, that's but not either the way, you of... know, the, the child isn't just reading it on their own, and it's actually, it's, it's kind of a double point. First of all, people are ignoring the fact that high school literature is pretty fucked up. But second of all, they're missing the point that, you know, you can teach kids to read or watch something and be like look that's not how the world fucking works and you know you have to be in control of your emotions and understand fiction versus reality and you know i think we need to take that more seriously that there are people out there whether they're adults whether they're children that desperately need some form of attention or help that they're substituting with movies and potentially video games. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm saying that the the game or the movie isn't the problem. So like, and building off of your use of Shakespeare, like we never have to worry about books being undermined as an entertainment or artistic medium. They've been elevated for centuries. You never have to worry about combating somebody who says, oh yeah, Shakespeare, that's just a bunch of uh, dick jokes and sword fights. If you want to break it down to its bare bones, Shakespeare was very pop culture at the time. And the fact Absolutely. is that he's been heralded as such a classic that his works are considered untouchable. Even when you get to the more sadistic or erotic parts of his library, people always hold it in high regards because he's Shakespeare. Like, you could not get somebody making up that many of their own words and just give them a free pass nowadays. You'd have to be Tolkien, yeah. George R. R. Martin, or you'd be lambasted. So, like... I, we also should look at, like, the brighter side of, like, so a lot of people, when they talk about, like, how movies or games influence people, it's always, like, a bad influence, but we can, should also talk about, like, the good influences on people, like, for me, I get influenced a lot by media I'm into, so, like, um, when I was watching Westworld, I was like, man, I really want to go ride a horse right now, <laughs> or when I was watching uh, the Harry Potter, or listening to the Harry Potter series, the audiobooks, I was like, man... I'm gonna have to go to Universal and be a wizard, and then I was a wizard that Halloween, man. Hmm. And then like, when I was watching Game of Thrones, I was like, oh man, maybe LARPing isn't that bad of a thing. <laughs> well, I, I think I think what it boils down to is there's a difference between hey, I should just do whatever a movie or you know or a video game tells me to, and hey, this is expanding my ideological horizons, like. Hey, I've never seen people riding horses before. Maybe I'll look into it. Or, hey, you know, even if it's something good, bad, or otherwise, you know, you'll it. It's more that it encourages you to learn the truth about things instead of going. That's how it worked in the movie. That's how it works in real life. So, like, that's the, like the difference. You know what I mean? The real question is, how many people started cooking meth after watching Breaking Bad? <laughs> I know of several birthday parties that had blue rock candy, so they're trying. Well, and that's, sorry, mm. that, that, that's um. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like you're you're supposed to. In, my point is that instead of blindly saying, "Oh, look, TV, let's do that," 
like you would probably just go hey meth hmm is that a good idea let me at least look into it oh no it's a terrible idea <laughs> this seems like a very bad idea internet <laughs> dear internet i found a very bad idea i'm doing it love eric <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last we ever heard of him yeah, but yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Like, you're you're not saying that. Like, oh, I watched Westworld and then I fucking domesticated a horse all by myself. Like, and then why no. the killing spree? <laughs> it it would just be you know, okay, I I'm interested in horses. That looked interesting. Let me use my logical brain and not just blindly follow what the movie did. Yeah, people don't TV just show. imprint directly from the media, and that's what I think a lot of these lawmakers and are expecting it's like oh i watched terminator 2 so i'm going to go assault a mental hospital and take a woman right. hostage like no that's not there's how people no, there's no like, from path media. to it that they don't they, they in their uh, in their mind rather there's no like oh look i saw the doom guy shoot someone with a shotgun and it was cool let me go get a shotgun like no but first i have to get to hell so i need to make a pentagram so maybe a <laughs> yeah. fresh virgin goat or if you're chris hey i just saw mad max let me spray silver on people's faces <laughs> You had fun with that, don't lie. It was fun. <laughs> I still have a can of that. Oh, we should do that next time we hang out. Did Very you true. live, I'll, die, I'll... and live again? Yes, in Valhalla. Well, that was your one chance. Hope you don't die again. Yeah, well, I've died hey, multiple times. Like Nux, you get three chances. Unfortunately, you don't get the, uh, what's her name? I forget the one of the bride's names, but you don't get the redhead in the end. Damn. Uh, well, well, not worth I it. Mean, at least it turned out all right for them compared to what they were going through. Mm. It's like they only lost one sister in that whole kerfuffle. But yeah, so um, and a niece, I guess, or nephew. Um, yeah, it was a boy. That's right. I digress. Yeah, I we can talk about Mad Max another time. Yeah, no, no, you actually you got me thinking about it because I, I I haven't watched it in a, in, a, in a little while. But um, but yeah, so TLDR. Stop it, lawmakers. Pay more attention to people with problems. Don't pay attention to the media so much. Stop. I'm just going to be contrarian one more time. I'm saying don't stop it, but actually get people that play games and not just have this information second or third hand. Like, make sure when you talk to the industry, you're actually speaking to consumers and content creators. Oh, wait, not yeah. just one, the other, or neither. Well, I mean, stop it with, like, don't stop trying to learn and, you know become familiar but stop trying to just launch a campaign against like they had the, i can tell you know whenever shit like this happens the people who are trying to change things already have it in their head that something should be done and they just they just go at it without thinking is it a problem they're saying it is a problem that needs to stop and like i think we i might have said this already but like we all know like scary things sell better than like happy thing so it's it's in their interest to like to kind of make it seem worse than it is or make it scapegoats it's the primitive lizard part of our brains that one that gets a uh, carnal satisfaction whoa, whoa 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 the government is lizard people yes i thought you knew this ah oh, shit we are secretly <laughs> our guardians don't tell made let's just say a friend of mine was right ah weird al <laughs> yes him too <laughs> by the way uh, PSA, the Hamilton polka fucking slaps. Okay, so Black Marsh aside, though, I don't mean, like, literal lizard. I mean just, like, the, like, general neuroscientific point. Where it's uh, just, right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baser impulses in our brain can be satisfied via very distinctive things. And it doesn't have to be for a greater cause. It can just be for entertainment's sake. Hmm. Yeah. Although well, now that we're talking lizard brains, I kind of want to... I saw a Lusty Argonian cosplay the other day, and it was disturbing and hilarious. Oh, my. <laughs> I know there's a scaly out there somewhere fapping to do it right now. I mean, it's America. We're free to do that. Yeah. I would have my money on Japan getting there first, but you're not wrong. I think no, Japan would valid. be there. I think Japan. Nah, Japan would need more, like, tentacles, so it would be... Well, that was really scaly. <laughs> Cthulhu. Well, anyway, I, was, uh, I topic think... topic numero dos. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's time we kind of tap this one. Let's move on to so the next one. So the government regulation is out of the way, let's get to the industry's own regulation with ESRB and their paid DLC label. This is the other side of things that I was saying I'm okay with. <laughs> Go for it. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, I didn't want to usurp it. Uh, yeah, so basically, ESRB is... Uh, 
all but confirmed, or is it confirmed? No, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. They're going to start putting within the rating, not that it's, I don't think it's going to influence entirely the, um, the actual rating that the game gets, <clears throat> but inside of the, uh, the little box where it says, you know, it has fantasy violence or strong language or what, any of the things that it notes, uh, they're going to put that it has, uh, internal purchases, which means anything, you know, from loot boxes to just add on DLC campaign which is fine to me because a purchase is a purchase is a purchase. The consumer should know that what they're buying or who they are buying is trying to you know, possibly milk more money out of them in the long run, especially if you're buying a gift for somebody or buying it for a child in your family that, you know, one of your credit cards is going to be tied to. So, you know, if little jimmy finishes the fallout campaign and says wow i want more for only 10.99 you can have it oh no i'll uh, be a raider <laughs> exactly so i i think it's a good idea especially because i can't tell you the amount of games i would have given a try on uh android but i see in-app purchases available and i'm like nope i just i don't want to mess with that i just want something that i can play enjoy and it's its own you know concrete experience so i do like the idea that it at least gives consumers something to go research hey am i okay with the in-app purchases or in-game purchases that this game is pushing oh it's just a new dlc campaign that's fine by me that's more to like or i've actually something like loot boxes where oh no thanks i don't gamble like i found a couple of good like mobile games that have in-game purchases because you know all of them do but like I found a couple like good bullet hell type of games. Yeah, well, well, that you know whether or not you support them, I'm just saying it's good that they put them, you know, up front before you even invest time or money. There, there was one game I found last night that they charge 99 cents for the game, but then they have like a uh, a gem system for like pulling characters, and I'm like, okay, that's why you put that in there so that people download your game for free and then give you money oh so by the way i think it's a great time to bring in our new section we'll get back to this but we should talk about oh, the yes, shame yes. of the week yes oh shame shame eric you do the honors. shame shame on you konami shame <laughs> so um konami and not just in general we have something specific but yes shame on konami in general so if you're in a gaming gaming loop, you might know about this already. However, uh, but Konami has additional character slots in Metal Gear Survive for the low, low price of ten dollars. And that's after butchering Metal Gear. Yeah. And we should also add on that's for a boxed copy, which is forty dollars up front. It's not a free to play game. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Shame of the week. I like this segment already. Around, I think just... it was a good idea. We need to get like an audio bit where we had the shame from Game of Thrones. <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll hack something up in the next week or so. I would very much enjoy that. <laughs> but um, anyway, yes. Go, go, going back now that we have properly shamed one of the most disappointing and long falls from the top in the gaming industry. Yeah, I had no expectations and I'm still disappointed. Yeah, that's how you know it's bad. I mean, it's a Konami product in the present day, so what are you expecting? I'm not expecting much, and I still didn't get much. <laughs> I'm still anyway. long enough to think we'll get a good Castlevania game in the rest of my lifetime. Hey, that's why we have Bloodstained, right, guys? Oh, I'm so excited totally for that. Didn't throw money at that game for nothing, right, guys? Wait, what happened? Mighty number nine, what? <laughs> I'm just scared. I trust Iga. I, I, if Iga, if you're out there, man, I trust you. I was Make like, don't scare great. me. I was like. That's probably the jingliest, like, opening section for early access that I've seen since, like, Haiti. <laughs> like, did you ever see that? No. Like, imagine Portal, but it's third person, and, surprise, surprise, thick android. <laughs> oh, my. Fuck I sick. prefaced, like, two weeks ago, like, two podcasts ago, I said thick androids in the teaser. Are you really surprised I brought up the sex industry when we were discussing the advancement of robotics and AI? No. No, no not at all. And are you and surprised I brought the, back. Are you surprised <laughs> I brought the extra thick uh, meme? When don't you have that? Oh, it's my favorite meme. I love it. Eric is now banned from Louder Than Podcast for <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Only 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I gotta start soft, otherwise he thinks there's no point in, like, behaving. 
You can only return <laughs> if you reframe that in the form of the actual Samurai Jack clip. Um, like ordering a pizza? Correct. Ah, he can do a good Mako voice. I cannot. I don't want to shame him. All right, we're upholding your ban. Yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, th- I think it's a pretty good idea because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, look at what we uh, were talking about the other day with uh, CD Projekt Red. They're like, oh, you pay for a game, you should get a full experience, blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, even they would probably be subject because uh, The Witcher has DLC uh, campaigns. Yeah, but I mean, this that is doesn't th- mean like I don't think it's the kiss of death. You see it on the box, and it's like, oh, no one's gonna buy it. It's just like, hey, just know that there is stuff that isn't included in this game that you can buy for the game. And I, I, I think it's just good to let people know that. This is why I don't think they're going far enough with the measure. It's like I'm not even sure I appreciate the concept because they released a statement alongside it, along with uh, like talking about how we've been silent for a long time, but we've been listening as this discussion has gone on. It's like really, it's been profitable for so long, and you've only stepped in once there's talk of legislators getting in the action. I wonder why you're speaking up now that and doing fair. so little to actually regulate it. The thing is that the in-app purchases that you've described, and even just building a Fallout Four. They're not actually detailing what the function is or how financially meticulous it can be. Like Fallout 4, you could say, oh, there's free mods, so how necessary is this label? Like, do we have to have, like, a free DLC tab? Then you get to, like, the DLC expansions like Far Harbor and uh, Nuka World. It's like, okay, that clearly qualifies as a DLC purchase, but at least it's not microtransactions. It's not something that's dependent for, like, consistent enjoyment of the base game. Then you get to stuff like the Creation Club, where it's like they have a proprietary currency, which is technically not DLC, and it's the same reason Blizzard was able to skirt loot box regulations in China. And I don't think that the just like having a single label on there for all forms of in-app purchases on games is enough. Like you have a descriptor for the age ratings, like MT, etc. It's like violence, gore, sexual themes. You can be more specific with it. They don't want to be specific, though, because bringing down any degree of further regulation, even if it's just industry-wide and not government-enforced, is going to negatively impact them. Chris, you might be changing my mind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, because I'll admit that, like, even, like, when I first said, like, you know, I think it's, it's a potential positive and stuff, like, I was a little uncomfortable with the idea that, like, DLC would be lumped in with the same thing as loot boxes, with the same thing as in-game currency, but I at least thought, yeah, expansions. It's like, imagine Blood and Wine, the Witcher DLC, being in the same camp as a save slot in Metal Gear Survive. The label yeah. doesn't tell you anything to distinguish between those two DLC. Which yeah, does kind of hurt. God fucking damn it, Chris. That's what I do. <laughs> but I'm glad you did it, but I'm, I'm, you're just, uh, you're just the bearer of bad news, don't Chris has me. the galaxy brain here. Yeah. God fucking damn it. <laughs> the Hobbit no, have bad news. Yeah, that's bad. Do, do you think that there's an overall good idea buried in here somewhere? I think it's buried in there. It's just that they are... The thing is that the ESRB is the one putting this forward, and the ESRB is heavily involved with the major publishers like EA. Yeah. And I, as I long think, as those companies have a big stake in the ESRB, the ESRB isn't going to actually enforce anything that would impact them in a, I don't know, consumer-friendly way. It's going to impact them in an industry-friendly way. Yeah. And now, this industry-friendly uh, way, is only, it's only getting positive PR consumer side. It's not benefiting us in any other way. There's right. no like additional regulations to, let's say, limit the extent to which a company can distribute this in-game currency, which is technically not a randomized loot box. Did we talk about how Blizzard got around that Chinese loophole? No, how do they? I forget. They don't sell the loot boxes, technically. The loot boxes are a free bonus when they sell you in-game currency. Uh, that's so sleazy. <laughs> so that's how Blizzard got around the Chinese regulations demanding they display odds in their uh, randomized options. That's so sleazy. Because you're not selling anything randomized, you're selling in-game currency. Yeah, the random stuff is just bonus, right? That must be a good lawyer. <laughs> uh, so. I, oh, God. Well, okay, what I was going to say is, because um, this is still all valid what you had said, uh, 
I, mine is kind of a side thing. But uh, first of all, I, I do think it's a little weird that it's being lumped in with an age rating for in-game content. Um, I, I, do, I do agree with that. But I think that a good compromise could be if you sell anything inside of your game whether it's a campaign whatever you just i think it would be because this like i said before there's a difference between the business practice and policing the content itself this is business side this is what you're selling to people i think you should just detail whatever you sell beyond the boxed game or the, the 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 monetary game product you have to detail in the packaging or the consumer press package so if you're in a GameStop, unfortunately, I'm sorry you're shopping. Um, Where are you, caveman? You can, what? Where are you, caveman? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but let's say you go, okay, you know, you know what? Like, you go to, like, something less awful. Like, you go to Target. I like Target. Target's a pretty neat place. It's pretty cool. You, uh, you take a box and you look on the back. Now, this is what I think would make the big difference. CD Projekt Red would look amazing because you look at the back and it, it it would say like expansive like 100 plus hour campaign and then when you're done with that you can optionally purchase another 40 hour campaign that's all new content that's yeah. that to me that's like holy shit i can't lose you know i either just play the game and it's already great or i play the game and i can play more of it after versus you know, look at the box of Metal Gear Survive, and it's like, you want to save your game? Too bad. <laughs> There's also part of me that's wondering how how adherent companies are even going to be to these, like, packaging regulations, because with the increase of digital sales, they may actually not be bound to display it that prominently at all, just somewhere on their page for a storefront. But then, then you could make like, the argument that, like, I, and this is, I, I'm just spitballing. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I don't know how you could all, like, we could figure all of it out, but maybe there has to be some kind and th this is where laws don't catch up with the digital age in my opinion like we don't have any sort of like legislation in place for you know when you load up a web page what is the legal breakdown of the sections of a web page you know if you said something along the lines of well you have to make it so that it's viewable without scrolling and it's prominently displayed right it's actually like pharmaceutical ads in that sense because you have to display the negative side effects prominently in the advertising. Right. And, and, and that's an exclusively American example, though, because other countries don't even let you advertise that way. Well, because you don't advertise fucking life-saving medication like it's a... <laughs> like it's candy. Like it's a fucking grocery. But... <laughs> <In> America. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, you know... If, We're not if making you... any friends tonight, are we? No. <laughs> Down no corporations. professional ones, anyway. No, no, I'm sorry. No governing ones. No governing authorities. Are gonna want to be our friends. Uh, this is why we. Like, this is why we become friends with the AIs. It, like, if you word it something like, "Oh, you have to be able to see this without scrolling on the page if it's a digital good." Well, what about a mobile page? What if you conveniently make the layout? You know that ninety percent of your people are mobile users, so you make it so that they have to scroll, but you know, and they'll impulse buy it without seeing it. But if you buy it on PC, oh well, clearly you would have seen it. You know, there has to be people willing to work with lawmakers to keep things fair for everybody involved not just the consumers not just the business people but you know i feel like a lot of the professionals who are pushing this stuff through aren't very tech literate mm. that's just from my uneducated standpoint and like the problem is it all changes it all evolves so fast like if they make a law that works right now like let's just say they make the perfect law right now uh it might just be out the window within like five years and then it's a whole thing all over again. Also, maybe this is me not trusting anything. I don't know why I'd be that cynical. But uh, how adherent are these companies to the packaging standards as far as like you guys would know? I don't play the franchise as much as other people, but I remember Rockstar got flack for talking about how they're going to have DLC for GTA V and how all the post-launch content's basically been for GTA Online instead of GTA V. People were expecting single-player content. And, and it, I don't well, know. it's cool that they're supporting their game. It's like, it's like technically it's GTA Five because you need the GTA Five disc, but they treat online and Five as two separate entities. So the GTA Five audience that like single player content feels like they've been ripped off. 
and the GTA Online people are probably swimming in money because fuck is that game expensive? Like, well, have you seen um, Shark Cards? I know yeah. a couple people who play it very, very dedicated, and they're they play just whatever is in the game freely available. So I know it's at least possible to enjoy the game fully without putting money into it. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think of other I, it games that would have done that. It may not be super easy, but I know it can be done at least. I'm trying to think of other games that would be not strictly adhering to their, uh, for lack of a better word, packaged promises. Right. And well, I'm and just that, thinking about that. That just maybe from... where we have to like, we have to be harder on it. Like, I mean, like, if they're not listening and adhering properly like you can make a case in court that like no way in hell does this fit the intended nature of the the uh, guidelines well then fucking change it or face. how do we get harder on them though i mean we're talking about how we don't want government regulation in here because they are so technologically i'm using retarded here in the definition sense not the they have been retarded so much in terms of like political progress versus technological progress. The two fields are so vastly different in terms of pacing. I think it's one of those unfortunate up. situations where we have to fix one before we can fix the other. Then we need people. I, I again, this is spitballing. I'm no political or governmental expert, but like we might just need to get on track with lawmakers who are also technologically literate or give them advisors or fucking something. Mm. I'd rather trust a senior citizen singing heavy metal after doing a Lord of the Rings cameo than our current senators, but we can't pick our Chris Lees, can we? I mean, unfortunately, no. And that's. It, it, was nobody like, else confused by that? Like, Chris Lee and Christopher Lee? Was I the only one? I didn't get it. Well, I don't pay attention to the political spectrum enough, but I, I got the joke. But that's didn't laugh more my, that's also more my metal and Lord of the Rings knowledge <laughs> coming through. Excellent. <laughs> um, okay, so you have high enough standards to not fall for that. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just one of those things where I, we're unfortunately not in, like, industry territory. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm at least somewhat savvy with business. Like, I understand business to an extent. I don't really understand politics, nor do I pretend to. It's just unfortunate that, you know, it affects... Everyone, Us, especially yeah. on a level that's appropriate for this podcast, where like these are two big things that our opinions as consumers matter on a lot, but God, the solving it issue goes back to fucking governmental stuff. That... Yeah, you might not be interested in politics, but politicians are interested in you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just also frustrating. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like I feel like a, a self-admitted fucking moron when it's like oh hey like how do we fix this and you know i just go duh lawmakers who know computers and chris you know reasonably says <laughs> well look, how how do we do that and i'm just like duh, yeah yep uh, well this is why it. i tactically put myself in timeout so i don't have to talk for this section <laughs> <laughs> you fucking oh, bastard <laughs> bury yourself in the deeper holes like the rest of us come on yeah well, my response would probably be very similar to Chris's. Uh, smarter <laughs> government. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's like, you know, like I said, my best answer for Chris was that, uh, you know, how do we do that if our lawmakers aren't very tech savvy? Uh, make them tech savvy and then tackle the problem later. Like, I don't know. <laughs> our government's not tech savvy enough to, like, litigate it properly, and the industry is self-regulated currently, and the self-regulation is not going to improve things for the consumers. I just do not see a way for this to improve in the immediate future. Well, I mean, and look, and I, I say this with wasn't the utmost um, respect for the citizens of Hawaii, um, because I'm on their side here. Look at how they got fucking scared into thinking they were about to be all killed. Somebody oh yeah. clicked a button that was next to another button. By accident. Why Hello, should that even be that easy to do? Like, in an, it's way easier to have somebody like you know, set up a usable fucking UI and have it that, oh, you can't accidentally just set off the death alarm. Yeah, it's like how <laughs> there's still nuclear facilities in the United States that have floppy drives. Like, I like don't that, know how yeah. that... That's pretty metal. I'm not gonna lie. 
No, this isn't a 1980s anime. It's not Sailor Moon. Where <laughs> the, of the world hangs on a floppy disk. I thought you were yeah, gonna no, say that's, uh, that's Austin Powers, scary. and not from a political like standpoint, just from an IT standpoint. Like knowing the shit I've fixed over the years for myself and others. So wait, would it be easier? Like, you fuck over the Cold War with a magnet. Now. Wait, just... I mean, like, would it be easier or harder to break into that computer nowadays? Depends on the operating system more so than the like data storage. Yeah, I mean... and I think the scariest part is it's not that. Well, first of all, it's probably not all that secure to begin with being on older hardware but it's even scarier that the people who you're supposed to be trusting to use it right could fuck it up mm. it's yeah, one thing for to... somebody to hack into a mainframe like in the fucking movies and like well what are you gonna do like it's a totally different thing for it to be the people who are supposed to be using it properly hey, Angelina Jolie in latex solves everything hackers taught us that well, this is valid <laughs> this is true. Mm. Just don't mention her ex-husband's blood vial around her neck and you're gone. Yeah. Wait, is that a thing? I don't know okay. if she still has it, but... Well, but it was absolutely a thing that happened in our history. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's pretty wild. Devoted. I like it. that, but yeah. weird. Um, so let's move on to our next topic. Yes. We close it on a high note? Yeah, um, so I actually just found out about this today because, you know, I don't pay attention to anything. Um, yeah, we only sent it to you in our fucking chat. Yeah, you know, things happen and stuff happens. And then you guys talk about a lot of things and I don't look up. <laughs> don't worry, I caught up already. We're good. Um, Iron Maiden looks pretty cool. I'm loving the new art style for it, which is retro. Not really new. But hey, it looks great. To quote Chris... In the chat that Eric didn't fucking read. Um, what do you know? A 20-year-old game engine is now a selling point. Well, also, Duke Nukem 3D is 22 years old, and I feel even older. So for anybody who hasn't seen this and uh, is like, what the fuck are you idiots talking about? Which is probably what they've been saying for this whole show. Um, I would be saying it. The, I think I was uh, the one who remembered Bombshell even existed. 3D Realms, the creators of the uh, very well-established Duke Nukem series that totally didn't get any bad press in the last decade. Um, and I'll still defend that Forever wasn't that bad. But, you can see as much bad press as you can see John Cena. Just saying. See, like, the problem was it was just so hyped up. Anyway. 14 the, years of development, hell and Chris, hype. is it the same devs? Uh, same studio? I don't know if it's the same exact team. Well, okay, so it, it's that's 3D where Realms. this could split, but... Bottom line is that the the studio that is responsible for fucking Duke Nukem and Shadow Warrior are using that influential engine to make a new first-person shooter. And I think that's awesome, not because of nostalgia or anything like that. It's because I personally think the first-person shooter genre has gotten bleh over the years. And to have the team that was making some of the really good ones that were actually interesting to me coming back and making it i don't care what engine they're using i mean look at the you know how good the new doom was but it's even cooler to me that they are saying fuck it let's use the engine that we you know did a lot of cool stuff in and i want to see how they use that limitation because you know they say limitations read creativity etc uh i mean i like... want to see what they do with 20 more years of game design knowledge in a 20 year old engine i mean like it looks great in the trailer like it looks beautiful. It doesn't look. It doesn't look dated. Let's put it that way. No, it looks stylized. Not yeah. Dated. That I, I think that's a very important distinction. Right. Because there's two ways you can look at it. Like, hey, they're just going for like this classy thing. Like, um, uh, what's that last Mega Man? Like the fake Mega Man game that came out that everyone was sad about. Mighty Number no. Nine. Yes. Anime Final Prom Night. Yes, that one. Mighty oh, Number no. Nine. Um, so that had like the old look, but people. But it like, what am I but trying to get with this? Wait, did it? Wait, did it? Wasn't it like in the style of um the Zero games? Um, so, it went through several art direction changes. I'm just gonna say that because I'm too frustrated with it. <laughs> I could be wrong yeah. about the style. Um, you like, also might be thinking of Gunvolt, which was the good series. Um. Mm. Yeah, Mighty Number no. 9 does not look like a classic or, like, vintage graphical style. It just looks old. Like, not well-aging. 
Yeah. Um. Whereas Gunvolt was done in a uh, in pixel style. Oh, you know, but, actually, better. I guess. Uh, never mind. You finish what you're saying. Okay. Um. No. Just. Uh, I was gonna say that. Uh, I'm interested to see because you know this. Like I said, potentially if it is the, the same or at least some of the same devs, they have actual experience from that era. Uh, there was a game that came out, and I, uh, it was called something like, uh, it had some edgy one-word name like Infection or Plague or something, and the whole idea was they were trying to remake the uh, um, polygonal Resident Evil feel, and it plays, it's got, like, it's got tank controls, polygons, all that shit. Uh, I think they did campy voice acting on purpose or something, but I still intend to try it for myself, but by all accounts I've heard, it's clunky and not in the way that I know Resident Evil tank controls, but it, like, actually just is not a very responsive game. There's a lot of bugs, and the game is, like, I think it's, like, a 30-minute long roguelike instead of an adventure. Hmm. Oh, um, I'm not sure if you guys heard about it, but, um... Did you guys hear about the new, quote-unquote, new Half-Life game that came out? It was a fan-made game. No. Hunting the Freeman or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Hunting the Freeman. That's getting so much hate right now. Ooh, really? Yeah, because pretty much it came out, it's like, I think, $30? They didn't release one $40? Like, yeah, it's like, it's a very buggy game. It should be in beta, but... I'm like, not even joking that it's technically incompetent. I'm saying, like, the devs released a statement, this was not our 1.0, we shipped the wrong files. Really? Oh. So, they don't even have the proper version up right now. It may have changed since I last read the story. And by the way, they've been, they uh, hired YouTube uh, stars for voice acting. Yeah, like, I know they changed the voice actor for G-Man, and I don't even want to... It's just like, they're trying to build on the story from Half-Life. It was going to be a prequel. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah. Valve is making, like, bridge-building truck simulators, so I guess yeah. if nobody else is going to... <laughs> That was so disappointing. But yeah, so I think uh, with games like whatever that game was called that I can't remember the name of, the Resident Evil clone, and like, I heard Strafe wasn't that good, and they were trying to do the whole like Quake 1 and 2 graphics and gameplay. Like, I'm excited for a team that actually knows the old style of FPSs. You know, we're, we're not talking some new dev that's, you know, nostalgic for a genre trying to recreate it. We're talking somebody using the actual tools and making an actual game that could have reasonably come out at least 15 years ago, if not the full 20. And um, we know they're not just taking it out now for the first time because they released the Megaton Anniversary Edition or the 10th Anniversary Edition recently. Like, they ported Duke Nukem 3D to PS4, Xbox One, and they added a bunch of new graphical options. Right, you could play, right. like, classic voxel versus, like, uh, or polygonal voxel, whatever you call it. And they also have a new lighting system as well. So they, Okay, so you know they've been at least brushing up on it. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure how they would be with making a new game from the ground up after Shadow Warrior 2, compared to Shadow Warrior 1 at least. But I know they are at least working on the technology for the engine. Okay. Well, no, I, th I, I think a lot of devs, some of them end up making pretty cool games, but whenever they try and harness like an old style not not just graphically but like game feel i feel like they end up kind of falling short um and i do think a big part of that is they're working with such modern amenities that um a lot of the creativity is just like oh we could just do whatever we want in this engine we just make it look retro and it ends up being like kind of bleh but like when you see how a lot of these devs decades ago pushed boundaries because they had nothing else to work with that's what i think made a lot of the older games interesting in their own way whereas newer games that are developed in mind with being new are interesting i think chasing nostalgia in modern engines and you know with modern computing power often falls short yeah like uh, silent hill is heralded as one of the classics for its visual direction with all the fog but that was a technical limitation because mm -hmm. they couldn't render that much imagery at a time so exactly. they had to get clever with the engine and the other tech they had at their disposal and i hate to be the killjoy in this scenario because i'm as happy as the next guy to see the duke nukem license doing anything useful no I, yeah like i'm always an advocate for pushing the tech forward and i've been 
pounding Bethesda for how many years that they need to shift over from Gamebryo or the Creation Engine, whatever they're calling it now. Not just tinker with it, but they need a whole new engine because there's a bunch of tech issues tied up right. in that system. And I, I just I think it's that big difference between, I mean, there, obviously there needs to be a balance anywhere, but like, you know, in this case, I think it's just. The, the, you lose something if you're not making a newer game and embracing newer hardware or trying to push boundaries on restricted hardware it's trying to recreate restrictions on modern hardware that gets people into trouble creative um, yeah, like the, so, so trying to recreate old technology in such a way that just becomes frustrating like limited save states when that was a restriction of the technology you improved with memory cards it got even better with internal memory yeah and, well, and that's the thing. So, like, what you're saying about Bethesda is more because of, like, oh, they're making new stuff on, stuff on like, hardware that could be better. Um, or, you know, software, in this case. But well, when it comes to Ion Maiden, I'm really excited because it's meant to, you know, be an older-style game. And I think they run less risk of overkilling it by using what's technically, you know, an outdated engine. Yeah, um, I mean, we basically all wanted another Duke Nukem game. I mean, some of us have been waiting longer than anyone you enjoyed forever. Yeah. And if all you want is just another Duke Nukem game and that's the tried and true, like, system for it, then I guess they're aiming their, uh, they got the right marketing size, let's put it that way. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with doing that once in a while. I don't think we're ever gonna, like, I personally I... don't think people are gonna stop wanting to be new and creative. So if people want to make games that are evocative of older and even still making new things in an old style with old tech pushes ideas forward in a different way, I'd argue. To be honest, like I feel like if we don't oversaturate the market with this style after it comes out, like there's a tendency of people jumping on the bandwagon once like, a new style comes out. Or a and retro that happens out. even with new stuff. Look at fucking but, battle royale games now. I know. I'm just saying, like, what, like as long as we don't oversaturate, I'm completely cool with it. Like, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, and we've also seen what happens when they try doing a bombshell game in the new tech. So, yeah. the old might serve them better. Mm. Oh Fingers man. crossed. Ion Maiden's decent. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, like I have seen a couple of like indie devs work on games like that recently, but it doesn't have like the polish that I saw in the trailer. Like, yeah, this has like some spin and shine on it. You know what I mean, dude? It, the parts that they showed in the trailer were very, very well picked, in my opinion. Like, they showed good scenes to get you hyped for a fucking like Duke Nukem style, like blow shit up, kill things game. So, you know who I what game series I would love to see in that style? Also, uh, I what? would love to see Serious Sam. In that style. That would be cool, because Serious Sam started as a more 3D-era, you know, example of things. I would love to see them, like... Dude, you could even... Oh, my God. Imagine Duke Nukem and Serious Sam, like... Dude, the man... Like the testosterone. versus Double Dragon style. Dude, the testosterone would be off the charts. It would be a fucking hilarious. I would love that game. Mm. Hey devs, if you're listening, you know what to yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> and you could you could do the thing that uh, Capcom and Namco were actually supposed to do. You could do Serious Sam with Duke Nukem in the Duke Nukem engine, and then you could do Duke Nukem with Serious Sam in the Serious Sam engine. But I'm just throwing that out. Oh yeah, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. They never released the second one, did they? And I was more excited for Tekken Cross Street Fighter because I like Namco more. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. Did they ever release a statement on why they didn't? I think it just got pushed to the back burner. It's technically still in production, I think. Like, somewhere. I already made a Duke Nukem Forever joke. Namco with, me. like, vibes in it. Like... Uh. Hmm. I don't know. So, um, do we have anything else to talk about? Or do you think this is uh, a good time to wrap up the segment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're... Good show. We, we're 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 done, boys. Yeah, I think we uh, had our time. <laughs> How's Overwatch going? Good. Just doing some uh, TTF. You know, people are cursing at her and her brother while they're playing on a team together. You know, family mm. bonding time. Yeah, you know, as family should do. Hey, at least I get to see Moira now. No, David Bruce, unfortunately. What? 
the I think it's glam or punk, one of those skins. It's basically David Bowie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the black and blue one. Oh, yeah. it's so cool. Oh, beautiful. All right, well, we should uh, we should wrap this up before we just start gushing over Taylor's Overwatch play. Impressive yeah. though it may be. <laughs> no, go, please gush. <laughs> please, I'm begging you, sponsors, if you're listening. Tell me I'm good. Give me all that team. <laughs> Is this like the um, the the, the new age? Uh, tell me I'm pretty. Tell me my headshots are impressive. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want a girl to tell me I'm handsome. I want a girl to tell me my frags are killer. <laughs> why See, do you sound right. like a GameFly commercial? What the hell? Oh my god, dude! I don't know why. Good, <laughs> good. Remember how terrible that service was. I fucking. I would put games on there like weeks in advance and not get them because I didn't put them on months in advance. Eat my ass, GameFly. <laughs> Just go under. <laughs> dude, um. I think the only last game, the last game I was good with a sniper, I think was Team Fortress Two. I'm so not... play Overwatch and just play Widow. There you go. No, dude. I, for some reason with Widow, I can't. I think it's because I memorized the layouts of the maps. It really helps. No, I know what you mean. But like, there's, there's a lot of factors to sniping that aren't just hey, are is your mouse hand steady? Like, yeah, he's like in Team Two. People who can do it though. I mean, like I played Mordecai the sniper in Borderlands One, and I used a shotgun. I use a revolver. Wait, wait, but don't forget, I have minimal experience in Borderlands, but I still know what it's like. Was it a sniper shotgun? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a scatter gun. Okay, okay. Dude, I was rocking you know a I mean? pistol. Like, that's the kind of game where it would be like, oh, like spread shot that actually is just like 10 sniper bullets in a, in a straight line. <laughs> Dude, I was rocking a shotgun, I mean a pistol that was shooting like a machine gun. Yeah. If I was dealing with anything that far away, I just used my falconry abilities on them and sent Bloodwing in. I want to take this opportunity to, uh, to tell Dodge Roll Games that two of my favorite game weapons of all time are the bullet and the shell that fire handguns and shotguns as bullets, respectively. Oh, into the gungeon. <laughs> yup. That game is yep. so hard. I'm going to be streaming that soon. I've, I've been missing it. Oh, um, where are we doing the game stream, by the way? Uh, I, I'd like to do it this weekend at some point if you're down. I uh, am working the rest of this weekend. Free, right? Nope. I'll, I'll let you guys know. I might be busy. Well, we'll do it in the next few days, regardless, because I know Eric said he was busy. I forgot today is the day he was off, so. Yep. We'll figure it out, though. Yeah, well, guys. Also, hello, Dan and Dara. They said hi to me on stream. Hello. Eric says hi, also. All right, guys. Good show. Bye. Bye. It's been fun.